I think I just have always had this like underdog mentality and um, this like people have always just overlooked me. Welcome to the Just Women Sports Podcast, where we talk to the biggest athletes in the world about the untold stories behind their success. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and my guest today is Lynn Williams. Lynn Williams is a lifelong underdog who is now breaking her way into the main stage. From being lightly recruited in high school to winning three NWSL championships and being named league MVP, Lynn is the definition of perseverance personified. As a member of the U.S. Women's National Team, Lynn went from roster alternate to Olympic hero at this year's tournament in Tokyo, scoring a game-saving goal in the quarterfinals. A member of the North Carolina Courage and the U.S. Women's National Team, Lynn is also a fellow podcast host with me at Just Women's Sports. Lynn, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Kelly. What Did you great... write that yourself? I didn't write that. No, <laughs> I don't do it. But they do. The, the person who does write it does a very good job. And I always yeah. do love reading the intros because it's like just a little snippet of the person. And it's it's I don't know. It's just always so nice. And like a lot of times the guest is like smiling after reading and be like, whoa, I didn't know that sort of thing. So um, but yeah, I your intro is awesome. And I'm yeah, so excited to chat. Sweet. <laughs> I, I think it's like it is you smile because you're like you forget that all those things happened. Totally. Like, yeah. 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 I, I, I have done that. I am that person. Yeah, you are. Um, how are you doing? I'm good. I'm tired. Yeah. We're, I'm we're a little tired. tired. <laughs> we're both. We just saw each other. What? Wednesday night. So less than 48 hours ago. And because yep. we played each other. Um, thankfully. Yeah. Sorry about having to win. But. Listen, you? you have points. No, I'm actually not. Um, <laughs> this is, we had to do what we had to do, you know? That was a grind. You hit of me game. right in my diaphragm, and I said, ow. <laughs> when? When did I do that? Was it um, on a, a sentence? It, like it was like on a cross, and I was like, Kelly, that hurt me. But okay. You, you did foul me, though, too. And you're like, no. And I was like, you did, though. You did, Lynn. You got me. Um, yeah, sorry. My bad. No, it's okay. Happened. It happens. It happens. Um, a diaphragm for an ankle. It's yeah, fine. that's <laughs> One for one. It's true. It's true. Um, well, I'm super pumped to talk to you today. Like your intro suggests, you have such an amazing story. And I'm excited for you to like tell it all, go through it all. Because um, it's funny, as I've gotten to know you, I've found out little pieces of this story that like I didn't know. And I, I it, like one of them, which we'll talk about later, um, which I was just very surprised about. But um, we're going to start at the beginning, <laughs> where it all started. You grew up, um, you're born in Fresno, California. Yes. Uh, your entire family is in California, um, which is like a hotbed for soccer. So yeah. where and when did you start playing soccer and like how did you get into the sport? Yeah, so I started playing when I was five, like in elementary school, um, I think like everybody else. Um, but I, my, so my parents met at Fresno state running track. So my mom ran track and then my dad played football and to get out of spring football, he ran track. Nice. Good job. (laughs) Exactly. So that's where they met. And so I was doing soccer, but I was also running track at the same time. We were called bantams. So you like (laughs) bantam and then you become a, uh, I think it's like a midget or something like that. Okay. (laughs) Wait, this is, (laughs) this was, this was the soccer like progression. No, this is track. No, this is the track progression. So you're like a little tiny phantom, but I was five. My parents were like, this girl has too much energy. Let's get her into anything and everything. Um, and then when I was in first grade, I think I like went to another team where I met like a lot of my friends that I still have today. 
Nice. Um, and then I think I just started, I continued to play soccer when I was little because I had my friends on the team and I was like, I, I love doing this. Our dads were the coach. Um, they, I had a lot of energy. My parents were like, get out of the house. Yeah. Go, go away from us. So besides, so you did, you did track and soccer. Did you, did, did you do any other sports? Did I did do? Did everything? you do done <laughs> any other sports? <laughs> yeah. And in middle school, I played volleyball and basketball. Okay. Um, my parents were, weren't ones to like make me pick a sport until I was like later on in high school. They were just like, do everything. Yeah. Like, okay. And did you think that you would end up doing something besides soccer or was soccer the, the one that you loved from the beginning? Um, no, actually like I, so from the beginning, my friends, like, and my parents basically forced me to go do play volleyball and basketball. I didn't love those, but it was just like another thing to do. Okay. Um, but track and, and soccer, I loved hanging out with my friends in soccer, but I was really good in track. Like yeah. I, um, when I was younger, I would go to like the junior Olympics for track. Um, I was a really good long jumper. Um, and so I was like, I thought I was going to go to college and run track and do everything. Mm. But every time I would get to like the junior Olympics, I got too nervous. Really? Um, yeah, I would get so nervous and then I would just tank. And my parents would be like, why are you doing that? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> Wait, do you, do you think it was because it was just you doing it? Yeah, I, I okay. think I like when I would run, I would get so nervous. Um, yeah, but that's when so I'm, funny. Yeah, but when I'm my, playing, like obviously I get nervous when I'm playing, but I yeah. think I can turn to a teammate and they'd be like, you got this. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm good. That's so true. And it's, I mean, it's a completely different setup of the sport right yeah. like soccer's 90 minutes you have nine you know 90 minutes to win you have people around you whereas track it's yeah. like you have one chance and if you screw it up or you don't or you like feel a little off you, yeah. you miss your shot I know watching um them run at the Olympics like the poor people who like false start I'm like oh it like breaks my heart I also didn't know that if you false start in a final or I think I was either watching a semifinal or a final and a guy false started on the hundred meter and he uh -huh. was disqualified. I thought that you got at least one false start. No. So it used to be the first person who would fall start, it would go to the field, but then the next person that would fall start, you would be automatically disqualified. But oh. that's not, that's like not fair to everybody. Yeah. True. It's like, if you just, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so you, would get super nervous running track that's so what was your what was your event when you were a kid or did you do besides like you said long jump and then in terms of the runs like what were what'd you call them? the runs the races um so I was doing I did long jump super okay. did really well in that and then I would do like the 100 200 um four by one four by four nice. like basically anything from the 400 and down okay okay and yeah you you're like parents were obviously super athletic so you were bound yeah. to be super athletic yeah, my, as well my mom was the coach and we would butt heads really um, the, wait the track coach yeah or really? my track coach okay. so I so there's there's like school track but then you can do um basically like like meets for yeah not school, like club like soccer. club track yeah. right yeah okay. yeah exactly um but I ran unattached so I wasn't a part of a club so my mom was my coach and it was oh. like oh I never I didn't even know that was a thing unattached fascinating I know. It's a whole track lingo world out there. It is. Okay. Well, um, this is the one thing 
that I wanted that I found fascinating about you when I when I learned this about you into after we had known each other for multiple years was that your family moved to a pecan farm and also (laughs) is it pecan is it pecan like what is it what do you say I I say pecan okay but I'm from the west coast okay I know I was like I said it this morning when I was going over the script and I was like pecan pecan like a pecan pecan. yeah pecan pie like oh my god um well anyway so you yeah your family moved to pecan farm when you were eight years old um so can you tell us the backstory of that like how did that happen um yeah I can it's it's kind of funny that we lived out there but the story to get there is not funny at all um so, so I um my uncle so my my whole family I have a very football family like Two uncles went to the NFL. One uncle should have gone. My dad played football. He just decided he didn't want it. Blah, blah. Anyways, one of my uncles, Curtis Williams, played for the University of Washington. And in his senior year, he got in a um, just a tragic head-to-head um, collision, like a football tackle, mm-hmm. and ended up uh, severing his spinal cord um, uh, between like C1 and C2. Oh, my God. And was paralyzed from the neck down. So... Um, so he lived with my family. My dad, my dad's one of eight. And so he was kind of known as like the father figure of his siblings mm. um, at the time because my grandparents uh, were dealing with other things. And so he lived with us, but the house that we had just didn't accommodate like wheelchair that big. And like we had to have um, nursing staff 24 mm. seven, all this stuff. So anyways, we moved out to this pecan farm. Um, <laughs> We didn't know what was what was going on. It was ten acres of pecans. We ended up turning into basically like farmers. Um, so we built this house on the land because we needed just more space. Um, sadly and tragically, he passed away like a year after his accident, so he mm. didn't actually get to live there for long. But um, with that being said, then I grew up there, and yeah, yeah huge tomboy. Like had so many like motorcycles, golf carts running around so fun (laughs) so fun my favorite part is that I was like you because you knew I think the way this got brought up is that you knew how things were like harvested and it was like you brought up you like showed the picture of the tree shaker and like the net that goes under them oh my god it's so cool like you I don't know why I thought that I don't know you pick them hand by hand that doesn't make any sense I don't yeah, know why I would like think that the least efficient way to harvest pecans yeah but they like just take this giant machine and they attach it to the trunk of the tree and they just violently shake the tree and all the leaves and the nuts fall into the ground and then you pick them up yeah fascinating. it's fascinating yeah. yeah they do that with olives too which I guess they probably do that with most things that grow on trees which yeah, would that, make sense that would make that would make very much sense um <laughs> so you you loved living on the pecan farm yeah, um, it was like far away from my friends. It was like 30 minutes. So I went to Fresno Unified School District, but the farm was in Clovis, which is like 30 minutes away. Um, but yeah, I loved it. I, like I said, had so many dirt bikes that we would just race around, um, a golf cart. I, I just, my dad like built us soccer goals so I can like go out there and basically had like a whole soccer fields yeah you could do play with just myself but it's fine it sounds awesome I love that um yeah. and I and I love that little fact about you well so okay so you you didn't really like volleyball or basketball you ran track you didn't really love it because you got super nervous you played yeah. soccer 
And at what point did you feel like soccer was going to be the sport that you were going for? Because you absolutely, to to Nate, to to, uh, read off some accolades, you you like completely kicked ass in high school soccer. Mm -hmm. You were all league, all area honors for all four years. You set a high school record by scoring 117 goals and adding 47 assists, which to me is like mind blowing. I don't understand how you score 117 goals. And especially in like California, because California is a good, good sports state and good soccer state. Um, So yeah. So at what point were you like, okay, soccer is going to be it over track? Yeah. Um, Well, first of all, I think that you have to know, like, yes, California is a big soccer state but like that's only northern california and southern california i think the central valley where i'm from like true gets overlooked a lot um and so that was like my hardest thing wanting to play soccer but never being recruited or seen Mm. um i think there was like a definitely like a um an internal battle that i would be fighting the whole time um you know, I ran track and played soccer all the way up until my junior year. I did both of them at the same time. And every time I, well, first of all, I had this foot injury throughout the whole season or both seasons. Okay. Um, I had, so I had three foot surgeries in high school. Oh my God. I know I'm a mess. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I would always get through the soccer season and then I'd say, okay, I'll get the surgery and then I'll go run track. And I'm sure, as you know, like anytime you have a surgery or an injury, you don't like come back and bounce back just like that. So the one thing that I didn't get nervous at um, in track was long jump. But because I was injured, like my jumps kept getting shorter and shorter. Mm. And then I was like, I'm not really having fun. Um, I decided to take my junior, no, my senior season off of track and after that, I was like, I don't, I didn't actually miss it at all. Mm. Um, but every time I was out for whatever injury in soccer, like I just missed it so much. Um, so when that would happen, I was like, okay, I think this is a sign that I should probably put more of my focus into soccer. Um, and that's kind of how I decided, even though nobody seemed to want me on soccer and every, and I was getting letters to run track, but I was just like, I, this isn't what I want. Dang. Um, yeah that's great I love that one that that's how you decided like that was it was complete intuition and like you just felt it and you knew where you were happier which is yeah really special and cool because I feel like that's a lot of times not the case for people it's just kind of whatever ends up door opening for them and to hear that you were getting recruited heavily in track but not in soccer but you're like Mm -hmm. no my my heart is in soccer that's special yeah I think that um sometimes we forget that soccer is obviously a huge part of my life but in the grand scheme of things like I only go to soccer practice for a couple hours a day and I only play in a game once a week so Mm -hmm. if I'm not going to be happy in doing that for whatever I'm doing in the the other 22 hours of the day then it's probably not the thing for me so with track I'm like do I really want to be running around this track miserable (laughs) Running in circles around a track. Yeah, and just having to, like, literally vomit after the trainings because oh you, like, run God. yourself to death. Oh. No. No, yeah. thank you. You, I think, yeah. Well, you you chose right. But, <laughs> like you said, you you weren't heavily recruited. So, you obviously did super well in high school soccer. Were you, in terms of, like, were you, in terms of club soccer, 
you just weren't getting seen? Do you, do you feel like it wasn't, it was because, like you said, yeah. kind of location, geographically, like not going to the right tournaments or able to, like, what do you think it was? A combination of everything. Mm-hmm. I think that um, geographically, Fresno is just not known for being a huge soccer hub. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think that the Central Valley gets overlooked a lot. Um, I also played for three different clubs growing up. Um, and then the last one that I landed on was a one team U18 girls team. Um, and so obviously club soccer works differently now than it did when we were growing up. But um, remember the surf cup? Yeah. Do you remember that? So to get to the surf cup, your team had to win however many games and be mm-hmm. invited, all that stuff. So we never got to surf cup where all these, the coaches would come to watch you. We would be at the same time at the harvest cup uh, <laughs> which is like similar so but but not but different <laughs> um same thing, and but so and so like d2 d3 coaches would go to mm, that one okay which there's nothing wrong with that but i just knew in my heart i was like i'm good enough to play d1 mm-hmm. um and so we were just never at at uh surf cup and so yeah. i got lucky in the sense that um San Bernardino saw me play at that at that Harvest Cup and they referred me to Pepperdine mm. and then per- Pepperdine decided to um, take a road trip up to Fresno and watched me play in like one soccer practice and it was on this teeny like little field like it's called Duncan Middle School it was like far away the grass was like bumpy and thick they watched me play one practice and then I called them on their drive home and they were like, we would love for you to come down. We, we, we have an offer for you. That's like, incredible. Cool. Oh my God. Yeah. That's so, that's incredible. Well, one, okay. Because it is true there. I do feel the, the way the system is set up, it doesn't, it really depends on like the club team you play on to oh, get yeah. seen for college. You know, if you're not playing a good club team, you're going to get, you're going to fall through the cracks. Like you're going to get overlooked and it's obvious that, kind of happened with you in the sense that essentially your only offer came from Pepperdine and it was because you got seen by another team or another coach and got referred which thankfully you did and but also that Pepperdine came to a and just saw one practice well yeah I I think they so what happened was my coach was doing like all these little small drills and they were like can you just open the field up a bit (laughs) and they opened it up and I think they saw me like run one time and they were like oh we need that they're like okay (laughs) get in the car let's let's head home we know we've seen what we need to see (laughs) but you're so right like I know people in Fresno who would who drive hours to go to their clubs yeah I'm like this is ridiculous I know there's so many people in Fresno yeah, it is kind of crazy. And I'm not very well, I'm not like in tune with how things go these or these days. Me neither. But I, I assume it's similarly to how it was for us. And it was I so much about so. like club and being seen in the tournaments and that sort of thing. Um, but thankfully, Pepperdine comes yeah. watch you play, coach opens up practice and you you get an offer. So did you go yeah. like were you when when they said, hey, want to come down? we want to make you an offer where you like, I'm it, like Pepperdine's it. Like I'm going to Pepperdine or how did that process work? And how did you end up actually end up there? No, that didn't happen at all. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I told, obviously called my mom and dad told them. Um, and initially they were like, we're not going to do that. Pepperdine is $60,000 a year to go to. We can't Holy afford that. <laughs> shit. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. It's a private school. So they were like, we can't afford that. Like we're not going. Yeah. Um, 
And so I think my mom was like, let's just go down. Let's check it out. What it's not going to hurt. Um, but while we're there, let's like go to San Luis Obispo mm. where my sister went. Um, let's hit Santa Barbara, Pepperdine, and then we'll go to UCLA. And so we went to um, San Luis Obispo, was talking to their coach. They had a good feel for me, but I was like, I don't really want to go here. My sister goes here. I want to like do my own thing. Spread my <laughs> wings somewhere else. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we went to Santa Barbara. That coach kind of just blew me off. They were like, who are you? Get out. <laughs> I was like, cool. <laughs> Is it, okay, I don't want to interrupt you, but I love like you telling this story and now that Santa Barbara coach probably was just like, you know, years later or even yeah. probably played you in college. You did well against them and was just like, man, really missed out. And that probably happens to college coaches all the time, but still. I'm sure, I'm sure it does, but maybe still funny. Watch. Yeah, yeah, it's still funny. <laughs> um, but I guess they don't know any better. They probably get stuff like that all the time. Totally. They're like, who is this random kid? Totally. Um, and so then I went to Pepperdine. Um, they ended up offering me a full offer. And in that moment, I knew I was like, oh, I, I'm going to go here because we had been touring the school. Um, but I, I was trying to act cool. And he was like, take some time, think about it. And I think like on the way home, I called him and I was like, yes, I accept. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then I we were supposed to go to UCLA, but then we just didn't end up going because I had already known. I was like, mom, I'm coming here. Yeah. Um, so yeah. That's, that's awesome. I, I love it. I love hearing people's um, <laughs> journeys to whatever college they end up in because I find it all I find that whole recruiting thing um fascinating and like like you said you just you 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 end up where I I think you're ultimately supposed to be um and you go so you go to Pepperdine and you're moving from Fresno to Malibu which is one I mean I don't know if I've ever been to Fresno but like Malibu is pretty nice definitely been there if you went to Fresno you'd be like where am I (laughs) so what was that like for you move making that move and that kind of just like change in I don't know scenery yes yeah, scenery lots probably lots of things yeah um it was good um it wasn't like a like a culture shock that's not the word mm-hmm. but it was definitely like different I think it made me have a bigger appreciation for where I came from um for even though Fresno is like a huge town it kind of has a small town feel mm. um because it, it is like a lot of farmers that live there or um, I mean, it's California, so you're not poor everywhere in California. It's like <laughs> expensive, but it's the Central Valley. Like, yeah. it's not like the it's not Malibu, like Malibu. It's not yeah, Malibu. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, and so I think that, yeah, like I would go to school and people would like have Lamborghinis and I'd be like, where am I? Like, what is going on? Oh my um, God. So like, I thought I had a nice car and then I'd like look over there and I'm like, my car looks terrible. Like, <laughs> um, but no, it was awesome. I, I really enjoyed it. I think that um, Pepperdine, you don't get your like typical college experience. There's no football team. It's a very small school. Um, but knowing me, that's like exactly what I needed. Mm. Um, I have undiagnosed ADHD, self-diagnosed actually. <laughs> do you? You don't strike me as that type of person, like having that. You think you I do? Think, oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You should You should see me when I'm at my house, like trying to do stuff. I'm that's like, oh, fair. I gotta, I gotta like start the laundry and then I'll put like the load in and then I'm like, oh, I gotta go do this. And then I do something else and I'm like, oh crap, I didn't start that. And oh, then it's just God. like, it's a mess. It's just but, a, it's, yeah, tornado. Exactly. Um, 
But I think that like the small class sizes really mm. helped me out and like a very family oriented school. Um, you kind of know everybody cause it's so small. Um, and then you have people that are like coming, you actually would like it a lot. You would go to, <laughs> you would probably surf in the morning. And then I'm come out. Back. I'm yeah. out. I would have loved going to Pepperdine. It probably would have been bad for me because I would have probably been surfing more than I should have for been. Sure. Um, well, when you when you show up there, obviously you said like not a culture shock, but definitely a change in scenery and just mm-hmm. very different from Central Valley. Um, but then also you're going from high school soccer, club soccer mm-hmm. to college soccer. So yeah. for you, what was that jump like? Because you started every game as a freshman and were second on the team in points. Like you came in and did very very well, especially mm-hmm. for someone who wasn't highly recruited. Um, yeah. Pepperdine was your only offer, but you go in and you establish yourself immediately. So what was that transition like and how did you approach it? Yeah. So I had a goal in mind going in that I wanted to play. Mm. Um, and I think as a freshman, a lot of, so the class that I was coming in with was like 10 people. And I was like, I want to be able to play when I get there. That's a big class. Um, it's a huge class. Yeah. yeah. And we, I think we graduated like nine. So we, Dang. And one of the girls just went to a different sport. So I was like, what is going on? Huge class. Yeah. <laughs> um, but so funny, I would obviously play a lot of soccer. I was still playing club soccer, but I was also, I decided to start going up to Yosemite a lot. And I just started hiking and being able to like, I think got my endurance up a bit. Huh. I know, crazy. This was Yosem- leading into college. Leading into college. Okay. I had never gone to Yosemite and it's like 30 minutes away from my house. I don't know what I was doing my whole life. Yeah, that's incredible. Not- yeah. So if you want to go, you can stay in Fresno. Perfect. I might take you up on that. <laughs> um, but anyway, so one, I was just like trying to change my like mentality from, um, it sounds it sounds crazy now because in in college you have subs. Mm, but true. it's it's less subs than you did in club. Oh, that that is know? also true. Yes. So I was like, okay, I got to get way fitter. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was training more, um, and then I think I just have always had this like underdog mentality, and um, this like people have always just overlooked me. So when I was going to Pepperdine, I was like, whatever, I have nothing to lose. These people have overlooked me forever. I'm just gonna go and do what I do. Yeah. That's it awesome. Out. It did. You, I mean, you, <laughs> yeah. you did incredibly. Your your senior year, so you, you just keep scoring every year after that. In your senior year, you're a Herman Trophy finalist, college mm-hmm. All-American, three-time first-team all-conference player. You finished second all-time for points in program history, first all-time for game-winning goals scored with 15. Your total pepper – like, you, you just – you have inked your name in the record books, your total Pepperdine legend. Um, cool. Yeah, like which is I didn't know that, but cool. It's inc- I mean, it really is incredible. Like reading these statistics of your college career. So, as senior year comes around, are you starting to think like at what point are you thinking I might go? I want to go pro. Um. So I think I think after my freshman year, when I did well, started starting, and I think I was like freshman of the year, WC freshman of the year that year. I was like, oh, I can do this. Like, I know I could do this. But there was no league at that okay, time. Okay, yes, because you were – what What year did you start college? 2012? 2011. 2011. Yeah. Well, there was w, WPS, right? 
But yeah, then, so like the league had folded, and then yes. the, and then the there was that semi pro team. Yes. Yeah, so basically, league, sorry. yeah, 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 yeah. So so one of the years of college, no league, no league. Um, yeah. But I so after my freshman year, I didn't want to go home. So I did summer school and then played for the Pally Blues. Oh, you did? I didn't know you played yeah. for the Pally Blues. Oh, my God. I love finding things out about you. It's the best. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and awesome. during that time, you guys were just preparing to go to the World Cup, I think it was? I think it was. If it was summer, summer 2011, it was World Cup. Summer 2012 was when there was no league and we were going to Olympics. Yeah. So it was you were going to the World Cup. And the rosters were just starting to be named. This is sad. I don't know why I'm saying it. But Whitney Engen was on the team for mm. the Pally Blues. And mm-hmm. she had been away. And then she had come back because she, I think she didn't make it that mm-hmm. final cut. Um, but then we also had, like, Abby Wambach's ex-wife. Um, and anyways, there was Pal- a lot Pally of, Pally like, Blues, yeah. Pally Blues was always yeah, stacked. It was stacked. And yeah. I, I was just this, like, little freshman coming in being like who are all these huge name people yeah um and then i think that year i had like an amazing year with pally blues too and whitney angan was like if you keep doing this you'll be on the national team and the second she said that i was just like i it like reassured me that my feelings from my freshman year were correct yeah and i was like i can do this but there is no league. So yeah. <laughs> so how do I do this is the question. So it was almost like a national team or bust mm. pretty much. Yeah. Um, and so then I was like, I just, I really want to like put everything into my soccer, but I kept getting injured. So, mm. um, so my soccer career at Pepperdine was like such an up and down battle. Um, and then I finally got my invite to go to the 23s and we went to like La Manga I think. oh yeah Spain yeah and yeah. I ended up scoring a goal there and I was like I can do this and I so <laughs> those are the moments where I was like I I know I can do this I just keep getting overlooked mm-hmm, mm-hmm. when was the U23 call up what year were you in college a junior okay okay so yeah so basically and at that point league is now back Started, or has yeah, started like a, yeah first yeah. or second um so as you progress through college you were like i'm i want to make the national team mm-hmm. i don't know how i'm going to do it it's either national team or bus league comes back around so your your mindset was just kind of like do as well as i can try to get called into youth teams mm-hmm. and then going into the draft were you like did you know where you were gonna go did you were you yeah I, so I had, um, because I played for the Pally Blues, Charlie Namos was oh, yes. the person drafting for Western New York. And I had been talking to Tim Ward, which was the Pepperdine coach. And I was like, I obviously want to apply for the draft um, or go into the draft. I want to play in this league. Um, I don't really have a backup plan. So it is I am going to be playing soccer. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, yeah. And... Um, so then Charlie called him and was like, we're going to draft her to New York. Um, we have four first round draft picks and we have Sam U.S., Abby Dahlkemper, Jaylene Hinkle, and you. Um, that was unless, a stacked first yeah. round. Dang. I, unless, okay. Yeah, unless somebody would. So I think we had picks two, three, five, and six. Uh-huh. So unless somebody took us on four. Yeah. Um, he was like, we're planning on taking you to Western New York. Um, and when I heard that, I was like, no, because I, I was going all the way to New York. Yeah. 
Yeah. That, so, okay. So you find out <laughs> you're going to get drafted, which is exciting. Exciting. But, but then you find out you're going to get drafted to Western New York, which for anyone listening knows or maybe doesn't know, Western New York was what? It was train in Buffalo, play in Rochester or vice versa? Yeah. Yeah, train in Buffalo, drive an hour and a half to the games in Rochester. Play, yeah, and play in Rochester. No no offense to Buffalo or Rochester. You know, some great – I know some great – I actually know – everybody I know that is from Buffalo and or Rochester. Great people. Um, yeah, great people. Terrible place. Maybe not the most <laughs> exciting place to be going from Malibu, California. Uh, no. Yeah, not at all. So – No, it was literally – I thought – For this is how naive I am. I thought I was going to go to the city. Like, I was like, this has to be close to the city. Oh, oh, And then you, I got you, there, and I was like, where am I? Oh, my God, Lynn. That's like the typical California native uh, yeah. response to geography of the East Coast. I, I'm going yeah. to Western New York. Yeah. I'm just I'm just 10 minutes outside of Manhattan. Like, that's what it's going to be. Oh, no. my God. So good. So, okay, so draft day. You get drafted. Yeah. Are you pumped? Yeah, I'm so excited. Okay. Um, yeah, it, I think it was the first year they actually like did like a little bit of an actual draft day. They called your names. I had to go on stage. I was so nervous because I had to start thanking people. Um, my mom was had in the you state. had you planned like you knew no. you were going sick, so you didn't plan. No, because well, I they didn't tell us we were going up on stage oh, until yeah, 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 yeah. till I saw. I think Sarah Killian was the first person who went up for us, and I was like, oh my gosh, we have to say something. She's saying words up there. Oh my <laughs> I gosh. was like, ah. That's really funny. Um, and that's so that's 2015. And mm-hmm. you do you have to leave? It was Pepperdine on quarters or um... semesters. OK, so so do you finish? Did you finish school? I did. So I was lucky to have been doing summer school for mm-hmm. a lot of the time, um, which was also crazy because I switched majors halfway through. Wow. Yeah. And you still graduated on time. Yeah. That's incredible. But um, so Pepperdine, because it's a private school, we, they, their summers are really long, but the school year is like very condensed. Mm. So I graduated in May and the season started in April, I think. Yeah. I think at that time. So the end of my senior year was crazy. So I went to... Went to Lamonga again, and then I went straight from there into preseason for a week, and then I came back to Pepperdine, and then we had they had two games. The first two games were on the West Coast. So it was Seattle and Portland. So I flew up to the Seattle game, came oh, back, did. took a final, flew up to the Portland game, flew back, took another final, and then flew out to West. Wow, Island. yeah, that is yeah. crazy. Yeah, dang, it was wild. Good for you for finishing and. Thank but you. also being able to like play games, it's pretty incredible that it worked out that way. Um, I, yeah, it was a wild time. I don't think I did well, but I was like, I'm getting this degree. <laughs> you did it. That's all that matters, you know? Um, Today, we're introducing you to one of the brains behind WIS, the CEO of WIS Private Client Advisors, Stephanie Hughes. Stephanie developed the WIS approach to wealth management by incorporating the lessons learned from both her professional and personal experiences. While spending over a decade working at some of the most renowned investment houses in the world, she discovered there was a greater need for a more holistic approach to planning and managing both sides of the balance sheet, especially for families with complex needs. She set out on a mission to bring the highest quality of unbiased expert advice to her clients, those being family-owned businesses, entrepreneurs, and corporate executives. 
In order to stay at the top of her game to help others, Stephanie remains balanced by making sure she stays extra focused on her priorities to optimize her time. She also jumpstarts her day with a five-minute meditation and exercise, which I love. Stephanie, it is women like you who continue to inspire and be the change. Join us next week for more stories of female leaders like Stephanie in business, in sport, and beyond. Well, you you go, so 2015, first season, rookie season, score four goals, um, which is pretty good for, like, rookie season, Mm -hmm. and... But 2016 is the year that you, like, smashed it or really broke out onto the scene. And mm-hmm. like you said, you were playing with U23 youth team, um, youth national mm-hmm. team. Um, but then 2016, you score 11 goals, which was tied for the most in the league. But you win the Golden Boot Award for having more assists, which is uh-huh. amazing. And you're also named NWSL MVP. So, like, 2016, it's your second season in the league. And yeah. you win Golden Boot and MVP. I know. I know. It's, it's wild. I don't think I'll ever have that so big sick. of a time. <laughs> I don't think no. I'll have that big of you a can, year ever again. You can have another big year like that um, if you come to this <laughs> coming. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so what was what was that transition like for you from college to playing professionally? Like, yeah, the Western New York was was pretty stacked back in the day um so many great players on that team so what was that like for you yeah so the the first year going from like uh college to the pros I just think the speed of play is faster um the 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 amount of time that people like when you're defending the closing distance how much time you have to do stuff on the ball this league is a very like athletic league um but with that being said, like my first year, we were terrible. Like, yeah, you guys were. Good. We was, were really, really bad. Like, and um, I think that everybody coming in was used to winning, and we yeah. were just like, "What is happening? This is terrible." Um, we weren't having a good time. I don't know what it was, but it was almost like there was a whole like group of young people and then older people, and we didn't like mesh very well. Mm. Um, Nobody wanted to be in Buffalo. No offense to the Salins. Like, they've done so much for the soccer community. But, like, we just didn't want to be there. It was it was just bad. And so, um, also that year, I ended up hurting my knee again and needing knee surgery. Um, okay. At that time, I questioned if I wanted to continue to play. Because really? this this was, like, my eighth surgery. Yeah. And I was can like, you, what am can I... Can you talk about that a little bit? Tell people, like, the injuries that you've had to go through. Because, yeah, you've your body has been through a lot. Yeah. So I um, had three foot surgeries in high school. Um, I ended up breaking my growth plate. It's it's the... I can't remember what it's called, but the surgery where you, you break your pinky and they stick a thing in there. You know. I don't know what it's called either, but... You listeners, terrible. you know. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they... All you doctors out there, you know what we're talking about. <laughs> So anyways, they put a pin in there. I ended up hurting it again, breaking through the pin. They had to do it again and then again. Um, And then went to college, had a meniscus tear. That was easy. So I was like, that'll be fine. Um, Then I tore my labrum in my hip. Um, They were told me I needed six weeks off to see if I needed surgery. But then two days later, I ended up shattering my elbow. So... (laughs) That was very traumatic. Um, that doctor was like, you look like you've been in a car accident. So then that kind of started my six weeks for my hip injury. Six weeks later, it didn't feel 
better. So then I had hip surgery. I was bedridden from that because I couldn't use the crutch because my elbow was so mangled. Oh my um, God. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. So that was my junior year in college. And, and that was another time I was like, I don't think I can play this sport again because I was like, I, I was, I went to like a very deep depression. I was like the one thing I usually can do to get all my anger out. I can't do anymore. Yeah. Um, anyway, so anyways, I got through that. Um, and then my senior year, I went to go head the ball, got headed in the face, ended up breaking my face. Um, <laughs> I, I keep laughing. I should not laugh, but like, no, I know it's like crazy. So I ended up having face surgery, um, to fix that bone. Um, and then then I go to Western New York and end up um, basically hitting my hyperextending my knee and then have now I have a cartilage defect in that knee but they were like we can try this surgery ended up having like a meniscus re- repair on mm. that as well so that all being you said did this, you did this your this your rookie year was when you hyperextended your knee yeah we went and to you Seattle. still scored you still scored four four goals yeah, so we went to Seattle. Remember how bad that field was in Seattle? Yes. So their like turf had like little loops in it, and my cleat got mm. like caught in a loop, and I went to stop, and my knee just hyperextended on itself. So for it took a bit to figure out what was actually wrong, but I was like, okay, I'll just play on it. If it can't get any worse, I'll just play on it, and then yeah. in the off season, I will get surgery. But because I kept playing on it, I ended up like. Um, tearing my meniscus but the part where you can like actually fix it yes which is like a longer recovery yes and then we didn't make playoffs so I was like I'm leaving early so I left the season early Um, but with that being said like I was also in like this depressive state again because you guys were just um, preparing to go to the Olympics in Mm. 2016 Mm -hmm. and like Sam had just got called up again and Jay was called up and I was like, I can't even vouch for myself because I'm in this huge knee brace. Why is my body continuing to like fail on me? Yeah. Um, so I went definitely through like a battle of that, like back and forth of like, what what is wrong with me? And then I think after maybe like a couple of weeks, I, I snapped out of it and I said, Lynn, you've done this before. You've gotten through these injuries before. You can do it again. So normally in the past when I have had an injury I always say like well this is God's way of telling me I need to take a break so just relax um but this time and I like eat whatever I want do it just like turn into kaput like mush (laughs) yeah um so this time I was like I'm not gonna do that I'm gonna get in the gym I was like doing that stupid hand bike like crazy (laughs) um ended up coming back way faster than I think they expected and um then 2016 comes around and we have a whole new group of people um, that like we had no identity because we had such a terrible 2015. Yeah. And I just was enjoying playing again. And um, I think when the group just starts to just love soccer again, I think that's what I had to go back to is I didn't play soccer in the first place to be on the national team. I played it because I just loved the sport. Um, and so I went back to that mindset in 2016 and the rest is history. It is. And I, that's like, that makes me so happy because it is true. I, I feel like when, as athletes, and it's not always the case, but when, when we get back to actually enjoying playing as opposed mm-hmm. to worrying about like, 
the ne- making the next team, winning the next game, like do you know get achieving the next oh, yeah. goal. It's and and stressing over it that it. Mm-hmm. I've I've never seen somebody not play well that way, which is yeah, like when you can just play free and yeah. like love what you're doing. Totally, it's like a like a fun like. I think that's probably what the like the what do they call it the zone the yeah like flow state. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Well, you get into it because you, again, MVP, golden boot, and then you guys go on to win the NWSL championship. I know. Talk about a wild ride. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So so I actually, as I was going through this, I was like, I don't remember this game, but then... In the script, they put the your goal. Um, that so you scored, everybody. Lynn scored the game tying goal in the championship game in the hundred and like twenty fourth yeah. minute. It was in overtime. You guys were down two one. You score and to to send the team to PKs. And I remember when I when I pulled it up, I was like, oh my god, I remember this game. I watched this game and was like, what is could happening? not believe that you guys won to be completely honest because me either yeah so just talk about that game a little bit it was insane yeah so we had no business being in the playoffs let alone the championship game um in 2016 we were just like a bunch of i don't even know random people playing soccer together we were like we're bad like we would do training and we like couldn't string five passes together it was bad (laughs) and so we just would like lump it down the field and it ended up working but i think to talk about that game, you have to talk about the game before, which we went to Portland and ended up beating Portland in overtime, I think, four to three. Oh, yeah. And this was on, like, you scored, like, three goals or two goals on throw-ins. Yeah. 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 So we scored three goals on throw-ins. Three. I ended up scoring. Yeah. I ended up scoring two goals um, in overtime, I think, um, which was amazing. So we're exhausted. We had gone into overtime. Washington had gone into overtime in their game, too. Um, and... It was just like Jess McDonald had this long throw that we kept surprising teams on. Um, and surprising. So, it's like, surprising. do your homework. Like I couldn't, I, I could not I believe know. it kept happening. I was like, you, nobody's learning. No one is learning. I, I know. So we're playing Washington. Crystal Dunn scores the first goal. We go back, score the second goal. Sam U.S. scores. Then Crystal takes it, scores again. And I'm like, damn you, Crystal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so I think everybody now it works. Everybody now is in the box, like waiting for Jess to throw in the ball. Mm-hmm. And it's the hundred and what do you ever say? Fourth minute. No, one hundred and twenty fourth. It was like one hundred twenty fourth. Sorry, because yeah, 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 we yeah. had overtime. Yeah. Um, they're screaming that the time is running out. Like the time is gone. Jay picks up the ball and throws it into Jess. And I'm like, what are you doing? We have this long throw in. But because everybody was not preparing for that, Jess takes it. Hale marries it into the box. Yep. I haven't scored with my head this entire year. I'm like, really? I'm gonna, yeah, this entire year. I'm like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I go up and I just stuck my little head out there. And there <laughs> goalie comes flying out. The poor thing, if she just stood on the line, she the ball would have just dribbled into her hands. <laughs> So, um, so yeah, it goes in the goal. I'm in disbelief. My teammates are in disbelief. Sam, there's a picture of her with her hands on her head in yes. natural Sam fashion. The most classic Sam ever. Yeah. Um, and I can't believe it. And in that moment, I think I was like, we're winning this game. Yeah. The, the soccer gods are with us. We're yeah. winning this game. Um, cool. 
and then we went on to um, our goalie stopped a couple PKs. It's so funny. We joke about it now because we the Euros were going on that same year. And mm. you look at like our PKs and then the Euros PKs and it was just like ours were so bad. <laughs> but you won. But I was like, we won. We won. Yeah. And so I'll take it. Yeah. Incredible. That was that was incredible. Well, that was your your first of many NWSL championships. Um, yes. Your only one with New York Flash, which then you guys turned into the courage. Um, yeah, I'm going to start a petition to put a third star on our courage jersey. Just saying. Oh, from the Flash? Yeah. Do you guys I mean, not have it? Team. No, we only have two. Oh, wow. That's interesting that they didn't, like, carry it over. I mean, if Houston is putting a star on their jersey from College Cup, like, come on now. (laughs) The Challenge Cup, you mean? Not the College Cup. No, did I say college? (laughs) Yeah. I just said college. Oh, my God. Challenge (laughs) Cup. The COVID Cup. Um, Well, so, okay. So you you smash it in 2016. And in 2016, it's your first full team call-up. Yeah. So that happens post-season. When does that happen? So I so we are in Houston. I have now been informed that I am the MVP. Shocked because of that. And then the next day I get a call that I'm going to camp. And I was like, what is happening? That's incredible. What is my life? Yeah. yeah so I called my mom crying. Oh, yeah. my God. That makes me so happy. So this is close to the end of the season, your first call up. It was like in the fall, right? Because it was 2016 yes. was Olympics. We lost and then went into yeah. that fall and had. Yes. So we we had so that game was October 9th and then that camp was the end of October. Got it. Which okay. was an interesting camp to go in because you guys had just lost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Jill was calling in a bunch of new people and I think not calling in yeah. a lot of not a lot, but a handful of veterans. Um, but it's your first call up and mm-hmm. you, you got told that you're the league MVP the day before, which is just like. I mean, amazing. Yeah. What is, what is life? Um, but so cool. And so what, how did you feel? You obviously called your mom and cried, but how did you feel when you got to camp and you were like your first day there? Yeah, I think it, um, it was nice being able to go in with so many new people. I think my first camp, there was 10 people. So it wasn't one of those times where I was like, I'm the only new one. Yeah. I don't know what to expect. There was so much of so many of us that were able to like lean on each other. Um, so that was nice. Um, and, but I was also still nervous. I think like I was sitting in the meal room and I think it was like Tobin, Press, Carly, like, oh, there was a group of you guys who had walked in the room and I was like, Lynn, act cool, be cool. (laughs) Like, I'm like, I grew up watching these people play and like envying them. And so, um, envying you guys. So I was like, don't, (laughs) don't do anything weird, act cool. Um, I was also I'm lucky enough to have Sam there um, and have obviously built that relationship with her. So, um, so yeah, it was such like an exciting time. I think I was like so much information, a whirlwind of a moment because I was like, we were just here. Now I'm just over here. And all these people are congratulating me that I've looked up to. And I was like, what is going on? Yeah. That's pretty cool to be able to walk into your first national team camp as league MVP. Uh, trust me. I know. I was- <laughs> You're like, it helped a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. and so I think I w- I was able to go in like more confident than um, I probably would have if that didn't happen to me. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, you score your first goal, you get your first I, cap, and you I get know. your first national team goal in your first in your first cap, right? Yeah, it was like my first touch. I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> another another one of those like, what is going on? 
is incredible. Do you want to tell us, just give the listeners yeah. what that was like? Because explain that um, it was your first touch. Because yeah, it was so, kind uh, of. It, it, well, first touches, I should say. Yes, true. Um, um, so yeah, I go in at halftime. The score is zero zero. We're playing um, Switzerland. And I said to myself, I was like, Lynn, just go make an impact. Um, Carly looked at me and was like, you're fine. Just connect your first pass. The Switzerland center back tried to pass it back, but I just like pickpocketed her. Um, and then I was on a breakaway. Classic Lynn. <laughs> I was on a breakaway and I said, score. And so then I scored and I was like, wow, I guess my first connecting my first pass would be connected into the goal. Yes. So, um, so yeah, it was like such a, like, I don't even know, like thinking about it now and I like still don't have words Yeah. that like just that whole time period. I don't think I had time to like really process anything. Cause it was For like sure. one amazing thing after another, after another. And I was like, I'm just coming from this terrible year, the year before with where I almost quit to this year. I guess this is a sign. I shouldn't quit. Yeah. So did that, was that kind of like all those things happening? Was that like, all right, again, because you kind of talked about this before in that something would happen. You'd be like, I can do this. I am good enough. Like, do you, mm-hmm. obviously that, that year must have been solidifying that in your mind. Like I'm, I'm good enough to be on this team and make it to be the very best basically. Yeah, definitely. I think that, uh, I mean, I think everybody would be lying to themselves if they didn't say there wasn't a moment where they had a down moment. Of- yeah. I don't know if I can do this. Um, I don't know if mine are more down um, than other people, but I had felt that way in the past of just like, I, I, in my heart feel like I could do this, but nobody's looking at me. My body's giving out on me, all these things. And so to have that year, it was another one of those reminders that I need to stop listening to everybody else. And if I truly believe this and I think I have the capability of doing this, then I can do it. Um, and I think that year I just enjoyed playing and I I was just like I just believed in myself. Yeah. Makes sense. And it's yeah. It that's sometimes all it comes down to is like, okay, yeah. I actually can do this. I am good enough. I should yeah. be here. Um well you, you get your first cap, your first goal on first touches, which is insane. Uh but then so so twenty seventeen flash our soul to new ownership you go to the courage so upgrade from buffalo to Cary, north carolina a little bit it was an upgrade um it wasn't as cold so i take that as an upgrade yeah um i i just don't want to talk bad about the salins because they like i said that's true that's so much for the soccer but (laughs) i was happy to get out of there that's true true. i I gotta go yeah exactly well you go on you scored nine goals in 2017 you score 14 goals in 2018, win another NWSL championship with Courage. Score 12 goals in 2019, win another NWSL championship with Courage. You officially created a dynasty within the NWSL. Um, through those years, and through those years, you're playing with national team. You're playing in She Blues mm-hmm. Cup, Tournament of Nations. Um, so leading into 2019, how are you feeling about World Cup? Like, are you thinking, like, what, what, are, what are your... Um, mm. what what's your perspective heading into that year? Because obviously, like national team goes on a cycle. The big the yeah. the the most important years are the World Cup, Olympic year. So yeah. heading into that one, you've 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 established yourself. You've gotten your feet wet. You you you're part of the system. Um, mm-hmm. So what are you thinking heading into that year? 
Yeah, so that's like an it's such an interesting thing to think about because so twenty I think twenty nineteen year I actually was dropped from allocation. Oh really? So, yeah. So in twenty eighteen at the end of the year, um, I wasn't like dressing for rosters anymore. I I so I saw that coming. Mm. Um, it's like the it's the worst feeling, right? Oh yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, yeah. You get an email that's like, "Thank you for your service, bye." <laughs> like, yeah, like see you later. Sick. <laughs> I've been there. Just so you know, like I've I've oh. sat, I've I've gotten that email before. So yeah, it's not great. Yeah, it, it's it's funny because like you think you're the only one, and then you yeah. hear everybody's story, and you're like, everybody's career goes like this. It's the totally. people who can like get out of that. Um, but yeah, so I saw it coming. I got that email. I was in Australia visiting Marley at the time. Um, and and I like cried. I just cried. He was he was shooting and I was running sprints on the sideline. And I think that I have never ran faster in my life because I was just like emotionally running. Yeah, <laughs> and, totally. Um, and so he he was like, you know what? Like, that's fine. But you take this moment to cry, let it out, and then you get back to work. And I think it was like the hard love that I needed. Um, Because if I like let, yeah, if I let myself sit in that, I was like, I have this, I had everything I ever wanted and I just let it slip through my fingers. Mm. Um, But I, looking back now, like during that time, like obviously I was shattered. I I was like, I thought I was on track to, to do something amazing. I know I could have been there, but it's one of those things that, you know, when you're like gripping onto something so tight that you watch it slip through your fingers. So I wasn't being myself anymore. I wasn't mm. playing like myself. I was uptight and rigid and just so afraid to lose it that I lost it. Um, so I saw it coming. But then when it actually happened, I was like, this is really it's, shitty. It still fucking sucked. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is like devastating. Yeah. Um, but then um so i i knew i wasn't going to be in camp anymore you guys had started to um do like your pre-camp stuff you go on to watch uh win the world cup and um i made it a point to to watch every single world cup game um i i was like you know what it's it's not oh it was like terrible i was having a very hard time but i (laughs) it's not enjoyable experience (laughs) Um, but I was like, it wasn't my friend's fault that I'm not there anymore. Mm. I want, I need to support them. Um, I'm so incredibly happy for them. Um, but at the same time, like I'm not there and this team needs me, um, in North Carolina. And if I don't perform here, I won't ever get a chance to go back. Um, and so I tried to take like a, a terrible moment in my career and turn it into a positive and, um, then you guys win the World Cup, and then I got called back in again. And I was like, well, Lynn, you couldn't have done that a little bit sooner? <laughs> Could you just have done Oh, my God. One, you're – I love you. You're an amazing human and such a good teammate and friend. And the fact that you, you know, you had that perspective and um, still were – like, I know that you were a good friend and teammate, too. All the people on the Courage who did go to the World Cup, you know, like, the fact that you watched the games and did support people, like, that – that speaks oh. volumes to the person that you are and that is who Thanks. you are. Um, so I'm glad that you said that because I, 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 I like that the listeners got to hear that. Um, Thanks. Yeah. And because I, 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 that would be a very hard thing to go through and I can't imagine doing it. And yeah, um, yeah there's no other way to put it, but it's shitty. But like you said, you, you, you do 
or you did 2019, you scored 12 goals. Like you were there for, you showed up big for your club team Mm -hmm. and, and then you get called back in. So when you got called back in under Vlatko, were you like, all right, Mm -hmm. what was, what then, how did you, how did you approach that? Like, was it kind of like, okay, this was like one chapter of my national team career. I'm going to start a Mm -hmm. new one. Yeah, kind of. Um, Cause I feel like a lot of my issue was, um, so first of all, like growing up, I feel like because people said I was fast, like I didn't, I missed out on like a lot of development with just foot skills. Yeah. I felt, and because people were like, she's fast, just kick it. And I didn't like develop that part. So when we would go into national team camps, it would be like January, February before I'm like in the thick of season and like really have my touchdown. Um, and I feel like those are key moments or key time periods because those are like the longest camps for coaches to see you or the yeah. national team coach to see you. And I was like, I'm still getting my feet under me. Yeah. Um, and so during that time, I I said, okay, I, did, I don't know what's happening with the coach at that time. And I was like, I need to change something. And the only other league that runs at different times at the time was Australia. So I made a point. I was like, okay, after this season, I'm going to go play in Australia um marley's there so it's great i'll kill two birds with one stone and just so everybody um, knows marley is um lynn's uh, boyfriend he's my lover boy he's her <laughs> man friend <laughs> lover boy. In Australia, um, okay. um so so i decided to go over there i was playing having a good time and then i got called in and i was like crap i need to cancel this like end this contract which was crazy yeah. but um i think that really helped me um to be able to go into January camp and actually like perform and, and show what I could do. Um, but yeah, I definitely was like, okay, new coach. Um, I have a new slate, but at the same time, like I knew he had been in the league. He's seen what I could do in the league. Um, and then when I had a good conversation with him, when I first came in, he was like this one game, I hope you go and do amazing things, but it's not going to make or break you. I've seen a hundred games of yours before. I know what you can do. And that's I was like, awesome. Yeah. Good to know. Good perspective. That's that's a good way to look Thanks. at it, Vlatko. Thank yeah. you, Vlatko. Yeah. Um, obviously, like you said, you come in under Vlatko. He's like, I know you as a player. He gives you that confidence. You also prepare differently for like the year ahead going into twenty or going into January yeah. camp, which everyone should know it's very important for kind of like setting the tone for the year, even though it's kind of silly because we, we're coming off our off season. Yeah. Um, so you go in and you, you, you make qualifying tournament and, mm-hmm. but then obviously COVID hit. So we go through the COVID situation. We get back with the mm-hmm. national team in the fall. And how, how did you feel leading in? And like, you did really, really well under black coat. Like you start, you were starting, you're scoring, you're assisting. Um, mm-hmm. How so? How did you feel? Like, do you feel like COVID was good for you? Was bad for you? Like, what were you? Go- what? How did you feel going into twenty twenty one? Essentially, because like that was now yeah. the Olympic year. Um, honestly, not great. I felt like going from off of qualifiers in twenty twenty, and she believes I was like, I'm in a good spot. I'm gonna go into season. I'm gonna crush it. I feel yeah. good. COVID hits. Where is anybody supposed to play? Yeah. What are we supposed to do? And then it kind of felt back like I was going back into those January camps again. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but then also people were hurt. I was starting a lot. Um, I started to like mentally like doubt myself. Um, and I started being like, I'm only getting these opportunities because these other people are here and mm. not just saying like, I deserve this. I've, um, I've earned this. And so I saw myself doing the same pattern that I was doing in the world cup in 2019. Um, and so anyways, I decided to go out and get a sports psychologist. Cause I was like, Lynn, you're doing the same pattern. You're, you're self-sabotaging again. Yeah. Um, and thank goodness I did because I, we had like one more camp before 2020, the roster was coming out. And at that time, other people had been performing a bit better than me in the league. I had also not lived up to the expectations um, going into those times. And so um, I think it somebody like started in the forward position who was uh, a defender. And I was like, well, crap, like I've missed out again. Um, and then the next game, somebody else started above me again. And I only went in the last... 10 minutes um and the whole but you time scored. I, just, I think you scored right i did score yeah. yeah and so the whole time i thank goodness i had the sports psych because um she was she was saying um before that game she goes you don't need that much time to make an impact and so you know halftime comes and i'm like okay maybe i'll go in a half the 60th minute comes and you're like maybe i'll go in at 75 75 minute comes and i'm like starting to like get down and then finally in my head i was like you know what lynn you don't need that much time to make an impact so I go in in like the 80th minute, end up scoring. And I was like, I think I did everything I needed to do to sh like just prove that like, I didn't get that much time, but all the things I could do, I did them in that, those 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, and then obviously um, 2021 comes around. So I didn't yeah. really feel that prepared. Like I, COVID sucked. I was like, yeah. why, why did this happen to me? <laughs> no, it, it makes sense. And I, and that's why I asked because, and I'm, and I'm really glad that you brought up, um, working with the sports psych because you had mentioned that I had, I had talked to you about that and you had mentioned yeah. to me and I was like, wow, that's like, a, I'm really proud of you for doing that. And it's was super smart. And I, and I did see a change as a teammate of yours in your game oh, and you. kind of just like, I've I've always thought you have a great mentality and like are a great teammate, but the way that you were you approach kind of just this the circumstances and the situation, um, mm -hmm. I thought was really really professional and also you made the most of what you had been given in that moment, you know, um, which you. I thought was yeah, which I which My I thought was great. <laughs> and no, because like a lot of people can just kind of be like, well, shit, like this. I there's nothing I can do whereas you were like no I'm gonna try to change something I'm, I'm repeating the same patterns I'm gonna go and work with the sports psychologist and it clearly helped because end up Vlatko names the roster you're named as an alternate which like mm -hmm. being named so um, this is another question originally named as an alternate right but then obviously the change comes down a couple weeks later that all mm -hmm. 22 players can be rostered at any point during the tournament if you're rostered you become an Olympian so Talk through that a little bit um, and getting the call as an alternate and then ultimately having the ability to to find out that you have the chance to become an Olympian. Yeah, so I was named an alternate, obviously was not looking for that news, but considering that I didn't think I was going to even make it because I was self-sabotaging again, I was like, <laughs> so I was like... I was, I really was. <laughs> um, 
I I was like, okay, this is fine. Like I this isn't exactly what I want, but um and I think like as we're professionals, like I was counting the numbers and I was like, it's gonna be me or Christy. Like, and there's yeah. no way that they're not gonna take another midfielder. So like I already saw these things coming. Um uh, but it, su- again, it when- sucks being in that spot. Like you 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 literally we show up for practice and people are literally every practice I've done it before. You're counting how who's filling the spots yeah. of the 18 player. It's just it's wild. Um sorry. Yeah. <laughs> but no, no, then they're done like, that and it's like the worst. You're just like crap. Crap. Yeah. It's like these <laughs> Um, and it hasn't so changed from yesterday. Like, why? No. It's not changed. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know. It's like one of those when you like go into the fridge yeah. and you're like, you look and you're like, still nothing there. Then you come back later. Yeah. No. <laughs> exactly. um, but so Flacco calls me um, and not the news I wanted, but I'm still super grateful to get the opportunity to even go train with the delegation. In my head, I'm like, as long as I'm continuing to learn and be a part of the group, it's a win for me. Um, I'm also in my head, like, you know what? I'm just gonna be prepared if and when they need me. If my name is called, like, I have to be in the right mind space. Yeah. Um, And I also have to help my teammates prepare. So so then we get news that the roster might be opening up a bit. Other people start congratulating me. I'm like, the news hasn't really broke yet. It's not official. It's so weird, yeah. It's not official yet. Then they're like, it is official, but you have to make a roster. Yeah. So I'm like, but I haven't made the roster yet. I'm still. <laughs> yeah. Um, so in my head, it, it the mentality didn't necessarily change because going into it already, I was like, you know what? I'm going to be the best Lynn I can be because then it's going to be make Becky the best Becky she can be. Or it's going to make you the best Kelly you can be. Because then if we see this on the field, then we'll be able to to do it yeah um and so i just tried to like really take my role and said whatever role i'm given i'm gonna like do that to the best of abilities my abilities because i think that what people don't realize is that what you're on a team with the national team but until that roster is is named like you're fighting basically everybody so you're like teammates but you're also competing against each other um and then i think right as the roster is named like you just have to switch like you have to accept whatever role you're given um because it's bigger than you in those moments before you're like i gotta do this i gotta Mm -hmm. get win i gotta be on the team and then that second that that roster's name it's like this isn't about you anymore it's about whatever we can do to get this gold medal um and so at that time it obviously wasn't a position i didn't want to be at the alternate but that was what was going to make everybody hopefully win the gold, um, obviously at the time. Um, and, um, and so when the roster was opening up, I thought maybe I would make a roster so we can be considered an Olympian. But my goal the whole time was I'm going to scream my head off and hopefully lose my voice every single game. Um, and I was honestly proud about of myself of like how I handled that situation because I don't think you could you can say this too, but I don't think it was like the Olympics of people's dreams. No, like, not. <laughs> <laughs> for many reasons. For, for many, many reasons. reasons. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think like that was like a strange situation for everyone, not just myself. For sure. But you handled it incredibly. You prepared exactly the way you should. You end up starting in the quarterfinals. against Netherlands in front of me and I was pumped when I found that out because I was like let's fucking go sorry keep saying that word I I, like never say that word when I'm recording uh but um and you come in you start this game because it was had you did you go in at all before then 
Did you? Yes. So, so remember, I hurt my quad. Yeah, no, that's why I'm asking. And yeah, so I hurt my quad. And come to find out, I guess I would have rostered before if I didn't hurt. Yeah. But then I got, I get into the Australia game. Okay, that's right. Like a, a snooze fest. So I go in the last like 10 minutes of yeah. Australia. Yes. And I'm like, crap, like so grateful. I'm now an Olympian. All I did was walk around the field. Yeah, we literally walk. <laughs> like, we yeah, walking. like it was like a lot of emotions where I was like, what is going on? And then yes. he tells me I'm starting in the meeting. Do you remember like did, in the meeting did before? He, did he not tell you? No, Kelly, I, if I didn't have a mask on my face, <laughs> would you, you would have been like, I was like, what? Are you sure? Me? Lynn? Did you, did somebody type that right? Like, did somebody double check? <laughs> yeah, I had to say to myself, I said, Lynn, focus of what the, the tactics are. Cause I was like, wait, what? Me? <laughs> oh my God, that's so good. I didn't know that. Oh, that's funny. Um, but you smashed it. You you come in, you score, you assisted. Assisted? Scored. Scored. Both, right? Both. Yeah. yeah. Insane. So, so I assisted good. Sam. Yeah. Yeah, assisted Sam. She got her big old noggin on there. And then, <laughs> and then, the ball f- fell to me. And oh yeah, I and then shot you, okay, it right in that's there. Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So like, such a such an incredible. I mean, I was just I was so happy for you, and it was so well deserved, and you you did so well for the team. You know, like just being able to play that role, which was such oh, a critical you. role to for that game, and to even get us beyond. Um, so yeah, and and ult- I mean, at the end of the day, how did you? How did your first Olympic experience? What would you say about it? <laughs> I guess well, it's a, about, that's a pretty loaded yeah, yeah, question. That is a loaded question. Um, <laughs> that's it's okay. I do want to say, I know you are the host and it's, it's we're not necessarily talking about you, but I think that you helped me a lot like on the field. Aww. Obviously, we are on the same side and defensively, I'm just, one, bark, I think I'm I'm like just a, barking at you the whole time. Well, you're barking, but I think it's like fine. And I, I respond to that pretty well. So well. Um, and I think it's so informative. I'm like, all right, if if Kelly wants me three steps to the left, she will let me know and I don't have to worry about it. I will just get myself three steps to the left. Yeah. Um, but I think it was like super helpful on the field, especially for my first Olympics. Um, I think the fan situation, not having fans, I don't know if that helped or not, yeah. to be honest. Um, I, it was just because it was a COVID Olympics, I think it was such a strange time. Um, not being able to like go outside and sitting in our rooms a lot. Then we weren't performing as well as we wanted to. Um, so yeah, loaded question. Yeah. I, I think that there was a lot to be learned from this Olympics. Um, I felt that the way we came back in the bronze medal match um, was amazing um, to respond like that. Obviously it was like a close game, but we, the beauty of a bronze medal match if you win is that you are ending on a win versus Sweden who is ending on a loss. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's awesome that we got to like end with this, like we won, it wasn't the win we wanted, but we, we won. Um, and I, I just think that we could learn a lot. We like could have taken a lot from that experience. I, I felt that um, I'm just like so honored and blessed to, to be around um, such so many incredible talented people. Um, and because of like the the cadence of the games to watch like the professionalism within the team um and how people take care of themselves that was eye-opening as well um so overall i don't think you it was negative yeah just learning totally yeah Yeah. just an interesting time if you will (laughs) an interesting time if you will i would say the last two days were really fun yeah (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right. I've taken up a lot of your time tonight. So we're going to go to the um, repeat questions. Okay. Are you ready for this? Yeah. Okay. I think. Um, all right. If I wasn't playing soccer, I would be. Ooh. Um, I would be playing tennis. Really? I think I would be good at tennis. I'm just going to throw it out there. If I, maybe I was started younger, I could be a prodigy. I don't know. I maybe. love that. We should play. T- do you play tennis now? Do you like no. it? No. You don't play at all? broken. Oh, your poor wing. Okay. No tennis. I was going to say we should play sometime. I mean, I'm in. I, I don't. But you're I like, you don't good. like, you don't like, you don't play tennis on the regular. No, where am I going to play tennis? I don't know. I just thought maybe you were, I don't know. There's definitely courts in North Carolina. Uh, I've been taking up golf. I've been smashing the golf ball. Let me tell you. That is fantastic news. I also am taking up golf. So we should go smash golf balls together because I can now actually make contact with with the ball, which is very exciting. Okay, make it teach me a couple things. (laughs) I can. I got some pointers. Okay. Um, All right. How do you take your coffee? Ooh. Always a latte, oat milk latte. Oh, always. Yeah, well, me and my stomach don't do well with any other milk. With the old cow's milk? <laughs> with the old cow. And I have moved away from vanilla because I am now a coffee connoisseur and I can like take it without sweetener. I okay. know. I'm an adult. You I know. are. Wow, look at you. Have, you're all grown up. I'm so <laughs> proud. Um, okay. Who's the one person in your life that has had the biggest impact on your career? Do I have to have one? Yes. Okay, well, I'm going to not go by that rule. Um, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> and just say, honestly, like, my circle of people is my mom, my dad, my sister, and Marley. And if I didn't have them, I wouldn't be able to get anywhere. I thought makes sense. I assumed um, those were going to be your people. And that's why <laughs> yeah. I was I wanted you to have to name one. And I knew you no. did it. Um, that's, that's great. Okay. Uh, they say work hard, get lucky. How much of your success is predicated on luck? Oh. Sixty percent, maybe. Wow. Sixty luck, 40 hard work. Or 40 I mean- luck, 60 hard work. No, you're going to say 60 luck. I'm just trying to think of like being recruited from. from, No, you can. This is great. Yeah. Like being recruited from like uh, Fresno. Whole bunch of luck. Like San Bernardino referring me to Pepperdine. Luck. 100%. Um, Getting a new coach after Western New York. Luck. Like I just think. Maybe it's not 60. No, let's go with 60. You're the, I think that's the biggest percentage we've got, and I love it. Yeah, we're going to say 60. I think it's been a lot of luck. It's been a lot of hard work. Hundred, Yeah, 100% Jill, a lot of Jill, hard work. Jill leaving, Vladka coming in. I don't know how much luck it is, but it seemed like luck in my life. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. All right, 60, 60 luck, 40 hard work. I love that. All right, last question, Lynn Williams. You've accomplished so much already. Where do you want to go next, and how do you keep pushing? Ooh. Um, well, I want to go to the World Cup. Um, I want to go to the Olympics and actually get on the roster and win a gold medal and not a rose gold one. Hell yeah. Um, and how I keep pushing is to continue to keep the people in my circle. They know what my goals are um, and they're not going to let me stop for anything. And 
also just realizing that soccer is not going to last forever. So if I don't go for it now, then I will look back in my life and say, what the heck, Lynn, why didn't you go for it? So, <laughs> so that's, that's yeah, just staying grounded, I think. I love it. Um, this has been such a pleasure. I've loved being teammates with you on the national team. I've loved seeing you grow and thrive and shine. Um, so, and I'm excited to see all the things that you still have to accomplish and will accomplish. Kelly so. Ann. <laughs> Thank um, you. I've enjoyed being your teammate too, honestly. Really it's been have. fun. It's been fun. Um, and I'm very proud of you. So thank you for the time. And I'll see you in like three days. I'll see you in three days. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Thanks so much for listening. Our show is produced by Just Women Sports. For more great sports content, go to JustWomenSports.com and be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. I'm Kelly O'Hara, and you've been listening to the Just Women Sports Podcast. Catch you next time.